Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Happy Saturday. Another Saturday episode, Take for Take. It is December 16th. Holiday season right around the corner. Episode 49, believe it or not. Almost at half a hundred. Making our way up there. Appreciate you guys following along with us. Got a fun episode today. Uh, it's only two of the three here. Gage is currently driving home from St. Louis. Uh, just wrapped up some finals, passed all those. So congratulations to Gagers. I know you're listening. But Trent and I holding it down. Trent, how we doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, Gage headed up here. We're all going to be in, in uh, the wedding later today, T- our, our buddy Tyler Bick's wedding. So um, should be exciting. I'm sure we'll have a, a recap, full recap of the wedding next episode. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so stay tuned for that if you guys are plugged into, uh, you know, big situation. I'm sure there will be some funny stories that, that arise from that wedding. So, um, yeah, man, happy to be here. We, we do have a fun show, a little gimmick at the end. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to get going. Yeah, holiday season here, man. Uh, episode 50, it's kind of funny. Episode 50 uh, falls right around Christmas. Um, I don't know. We're not sure if we're going to do an episode next week. Um I'm traveling a lot. I can imagine Gage and Trent, you guys are both traveling also. So it's maybe a little bit tough to to kind of coordinate, you know, a full episode later on in the week. But um, we'll do our best. We'll get one out to you. And episode 50 will be a, it'll be a goodie. We'll do some fun stuff and uh, hopefully get that, get that one out to you guys next week. But we'll, we'll play it all by ear. Um, let's get right into it, man. Let's, let's jump right into it. It's going to be a little quicker episode than usual. Uh, we're going to do our typical recap of last weekend, first NFL or first full NFL weekend in terms of terms of picks for us. Uh, we'll run through those. Um, we're going to talk about the playoff race, especially in the AFC. But the NFL playoffs are almost here, right around the corner, less than a month away. Things are heating up. Uh, spots are hard to come by by now or right now. So we'll talk about that. The awards are shape are sh- shaping in the form, which is kind of it just. I was just thinking about the MVP right there in my head. It's kind of wild that um, the two guys at the top are actually at the top. But we'll get into those. We'll do some previews of the games this weekend. Um, we got some player tiers, some rankings, uh, some fun stuff going on with that. And then, uh, as Trent said, we'll uh, we'll cap things off with a nice little uh, a gimmick at the end of the show to send you guys off on the weekend. But let's not waste any time. Uh, re- recap these picks. As I said, the first weekend of... All NFL. Uh, last week, six picks each as usual. NFL, it, it, it was tough, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I usually do like maybe one or two NFL picks and the rest college ball. But um, with bowl season being here, it's kind of hard to, to bet college. But we'll get right into it. Gage, it, we'll run through his since he's not here. Three, two, and one on the weekend uh, in the green. So not bad for Gagers. Um, he and I were kind of going at it when the, uh, the Texans and the Jets over under, he was on the under 33 and a half, um, looked like it was going to be a lock for the first half. And then out of the blue, the, uh, 36 uh, total points in the second half kind of shocked a lot of people, me included, but, um, that was brutal for me. uh, I wonder, uh, I wonder what that live total was, you know, at halftime zero, zero, I was on the Texans, so I was kind of plugged into that game. Nobody was really moving the ball. The weather was bad, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to get worse in the second half too. So I, I, I'd imagine that live was maybe like seventeen and had, a half or something yeah, like that. It had to have been something uh, like that. 
So for for that to go over, tough. And Gage, I I know uh, you're listening and everything, and I, I hate to do this, but I I think Austin misspoke. Um, you were two three and one this week, not three two and one. Two three and one. I'm um, sorry. So you weren't in the green. You you were in the red. Um, but you know you you'll, you'll do better next week, as you always tell me. So go go ahead, Austin. I don't no, it uh. Regardless of whether he was three and two or two and three, he uh, he gave up first place, which is great for me. Unfortunate for him, but uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll let him you know defend his case when he comes back. But uh, yeah, lost that over or under on the Jets Houston game. He was also on Chiefs minus one. Um, I didn't put it out as a play, but I did play Bills money line there. Um, I'm just I'm kind of in like a fade Mahomes and fade the Chiefs kind of kind of feel right now. Um, Bills outright winners in that game. So that was his second loss. His third loss, uh, he had Eagles plus three and a half Sunday night football in Dallas. Dallas proved that they're one of the top five teams, in my opinion, in the NFL right now. Fucking thumped them 33-13. Game really was not close the entire game. I mean, Dallas dominated that football game. Yeah, number two in my power rankings, which, again... People out here that think you, you you know more, you know, you want to tell me my, where my uh, issues are in my my own power rankings. Get vindicated next week. So uh, Dallas goes out there, and uh, I think they. I think you can't really say there's there's other than the 49ers, I don't know if there's a team better than them right now. So I think they're rightfully two team my power rankings and uh they're gonna stay there so uh but i do want to, to backtrack to the chiefs game austin please obviously that was that was quite the controversy um and the storyline of, of this week with uh Kadarius tony oh my god how could uh, i forget i totally forgot about sides. that yeah yeah and i i just think you know i feel like that was one of those things that i don't i don't know why it was a controversy it drives me nuts when people are like, "Oh, they they don't call that or whatever." Or what? It's like I just want officials and referees to call to call fouls when there's fouls. I want them to call these when there's penalties. I want them to not call penalties when there's not penalties. Like I don't like this gray area thing where it's like, "Oh, well they 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 don't really call it and it's a big moment of the game." Stuff like that. I'm like just call the penalty if there's a penalty, and don't call it if there's not. It's really simple, and it would clear up a lot of things with officiating and all this storyline stuff. So I don't get it. I don't get all these people that were crying about the call. Like, he lined up severely offsides, offensive offsides. I know it's not a common call, but, like, you have to have awareness. Like, it's, it's pretty simple. You see the ball. You line up behind the ball. You can still be on the ball how it – you know, it's deemed in the NFL, but not over the ball. So I just thought it was a kind of silly controversy and honestly a bad look for the Chiefs and Mahomes. I, I know they apologized after, which is good. Um, but I just thought it was really way overblown. I don't know. What were your thoughts on it? I thought it was hilarious. The 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 best like clip or like picture I saw was he like he had his head turned like wa- like watching the ball ready for the snap. And his head is like almost completely, his chin's almost like completely over his right shoulder. So it's like, 
like, like <laughs> he's obviously offsides, and it's like one would think, okay, if I'm almost turned around, like I need to step back a little bit. And he even like checked with the ref, and there I did see a, a, a camera angle where the ref like motioned him back, and he just turned his head and just watched the ball and was just clearly like two heads off, in, like in front of the football. It, it was hilarious. You, that's what people were saying. Like Chiefs fans were like, "Oh, we checked with the ref." The like, ref he, told like, him to move. At the ref for a half second, <laughs> and then just didn't like wait for any information to come back. Right. Just like this is where I'm standing. Like I'm just telling the ref. <laughs> like the ref. It's like, what is the ref going to do? Yeah, he's not going to scream then, out. Other people. Right, and then like, it also drives me nuts. Like the touch. There was a touchdown, which was insane. Like the the touchdown. The fact that Travis Kelsey. Had the wits, had the wits to th- lateral it. I know, but he didn't even like know if that was worth the risk. <laughs> he <laughs> did just chuck it. So, I know he does that all the time, but he's so fun to watch. But it's just like funny, like why would he? It worked out, but it's like it's not even. There was still like a minute and a half left. It's not like there was yeah. ten seconds left. So, uh, but then like people playing the results, like oh, they called back the Chiefs, of course, because the Chiefs scored a touchdown. They called it back. It's like penalty right when the ball was snapped it was first and 10 it's not like oh they oh the chief scored let me let me make sure uh you know i throw this flag it's rigged whatever it's like no that's that's just playing the results so i thought it was a dumb controversy and i think the chiefs like i'm a mahomes supporter um i I don't think it was about the call i think it was just he's just frustrated oh yeah and boiled up boiled up He's frustrated because his receivers are horrible. They have the worst receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. And he's sick of Kadarius Tony just not being <laughs> a smart football player. So he's going to freak out on the refs because he doesn't want to, because he's a good teammate, doesn't want to freak out on Kadarius Tony. So um, it was funny, though. Move on after this. It was funny when they, they did like the mic'd up audio and josh allen's like hey good game man and <laughs> yeah. just like yeah he's like uh okay like i don't know what you want me to do about it and then that in the press conference funny. and then in the press conference he's like that's a hall of fame tight end you know that, that play will never be remembered for the right reason yeah, it's, and so both. it's like dude come on yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah, could it could have been the him. fucking um it could have been like the the, the raiders or you know, like, like, like it could have been any fucking team, and that play, like it's getting called, and like, it, nope, it, it, yeah, it's so was, funny. Like I said, I, I cut him some slack because he was clearly, just, it was just clearly like frustration from the whole season that yeah. boiled over in that moment, and the ref was like a convenient goat. Um, but yeah, that was funny. I, I listened to that press conference with him like talking about like changing Hall of Fame career paths. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? That was but, uh, fucking hilarious, too. Yeah, the Chiefs have some issues, man. I've been saying it all year. I've, I've had them, like, yep. hanging on at number five in my power rankings. Uh, they definitely have some some, some issues. So we'll see We'll see how it works out in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, Josh Allen, in my opinion, played a lot better than what his numbers show. Um, I mean, only had 32 He's yards. Insane. Only had 32 yards on the ground, but they were, they were timely runs. Um, he was confident, looked confident. At least he was getting out of the pocket. Um, the one throw he had, which was pretty much like a fadeaway corner three, and um, he lobbed it up to um, it might have been Latavius insane. Latavius Murray, I think. But yeah, it was it was Murray. Yeah, it was insane. Like he looked like running, like his shoulders were like square to the out of bounds line. Yeah, 
like he was just going to run out of bounds. And then he just contorts his body the last second as he's fading out of bounds with three guys jumping at him and just throws it over the shoulder. Fucking drops incredible. Drops it in the bucket. Yeah, and they they, they yes. went they went twenty to seventeen with Stephon Diggs having four catches for twenty four yards, and James Cook being their leading receiver. So it's like, yeah, the Chiefs didn't play their best game, but this Bills team, when Josh Allen isn't throwing f- multiple forty five yards interceptions downfield, this this team is actually pretty fucking good. But uh, so yeah, lost there for Gage Chiefs minus one, but his two wins. Uh, Bears plus three and a half at home against Detroit. Um, Bears fucking throttled them. Uh, 28-13, I believe. Yep, 28-13, final score. Um, Justin Fields looked like peak 2022 Justin Fields. Um, 19 of 33, but 223 yards and a touchdown. 58 yards on the ground and another touchdown there. Um, Jared Goff did not look good. Uh, Two picks, 161 yards. Just... Josh Reynolds, I mean, if you're leading, no offense to Josh Reynolds, but like if he's your leading receiver at 44 yards against a Bears team that couldn't stop a JV offense, is uh, that's pretty that's a pretty bad performance on Detroit there. So Bears went outright cover for Gage. Uh, he was also on Bengals minus two at home against uh, Indy, 34-14 final there. Bengals, Jake Browning and company took care of business. And his push uh, was on the same play. I had Raiders plus three at home against Minnesota. Thank God this game was in the one o'clock slate, and I didn't have to watch a single fucking second of it. Three nothing final. Um, Josh Dobbs, Aiden O'Connell, Bull, uh, less than three hundred yards total passing. No, it wasn't even Josh Dobbs. What? Yeah, it was. He got benched though, didn't he? It was Nick Mullins came in. Um. Yeah, he got benched. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, he got benched. Yeah, he's, he's better than the bench. And that's right, Nick Mullins uh, is starting this week also, too. Right. That that Yeah, that was a funny story about about that game. Um <laughs> and we'll and I'll get to it. I was on the Raiders as well, but um I met up with some friends cuz uh we wanted to go to the beat dubs and watch the Chiefs uh <laughs> the Chiefs Bills game. And the B-dubs experience, like I've been there a couple times before. Um, it's the one right right in the, near my house. I've had good experiences. It was horrible experience from like the the top down. Like the the um, waiter was nowhere to be found. The food came out cold. They kept forgetting our drinks. And the worst part was the audio or like the the whole restaurant was stuck on the this Raiders oh, no. game. And I'd asked, I was like, oh, can we switch? And they couldn't figure it out. So we were there for like an hour, and time, it was stuck on this damn game that was 0-0, zero to zero, 58 fucking minutes. So that was kind of a funny story that went with it. So uh, I kind of paid attention to that game more than I would have ever done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was still there's still nothing memorable from it. So, uh, yeah, that that's tough. And I'll just jump into my picks uh, too. I was three, two, and one. Uh, so in the green again, um, slowly climbing out of this this uh, hole that I'm in. But uh, I was on the Bears as well. I know I think we were all on the. Oh no, you weren't on the Bears. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I was on the Bears as well. That was an easy winner. Um, I was on the. Bears plus two and a half. Um, 
that was a fun game. I kind of just, you know, I think Atlanta plays close games all the time at this point, so points there felt right. Um, Bucks were, were able to, to pull out a competitive game. Uh, my favorite bet of the week was the Giants, six and a half on Monday night. Um, I mean, I know the Packers have been playing better, but I don't think they should have been giving. <laughs> they've been giving six and a half points on the road, buddy. Um, and our, our boy Tommy Cutlets, that uh, kind of had his coming out party on Monday night. Who you know, he looks like a serviceable quarterback. So that was a nice winner. And then um, I pushed, yep, the Raiders plus three. Um, it's kind of crazy they got shut out and still pushed that. And my two losses, uh, the Texans, then minus three, that was kind of just a game from hell for them. Collins goes out in the first quarter. They can't move the ball um, really at all. Bad weather. I think they had seven drops as a receiving core. Stroud wasn't good. He got hurt. Um, and Zach Wilson all of a sudden looks like fucking, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, 300 yards, two touchdowns, AFC player of the week. So I don't know what that was about. Came at my expense. Zach Wilson uh, with- and Tommy DeVito were your NFL offensive player of the weeks. Think, yeah. think about that for a second. <laughs> That's It's nuts. Um, so that's a loser. And then my other loser was the Chargers, two and a half. And again, a game where, where their quarter the quarterback gets hurt. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Broncos play boring games every weekend, so I didn't really watch that game. Um, but that was, obviously once Herbert went down, uh, they weren't going to do anything. As evident, I, the Thursday night game last night, um, their, their team isn't very good. So, um Yep, three and two, three two and one. Like I said, in the green. Go ahead, Austin, if you want to run through your picks. Yeah, um, Chargers are dead actually without Herbert on the field. I mean, that Thursday, giving up sixty three points to fucking anybody, but let alone the Raiders is fucking abysmal. And they were running trick. Sorry, I'll get to my picks here in a second. But like, Raiders were up. What was it like forty two nothing, forty nine nothing, and they're running wide receiver screens that turn into touchdown passes and. Bro, like they were just clowning them. It was sixty-three to fourteen, and there's four minutes left in the football game, and they they get the ball back, and they they fucking come out and empty. I love it. Like, I fucking love Antonio Pierce. Antonio dude. Pierce was fucking... like, we're getting seventy. Like I was just like I was blown away, I'm, like sweating because I I'm facing Zamir White. My I'm facing fucking Zamir White in my fantasy <laughs> playoffs, and he's, he's having a nice game. And he's on the field, and, and I see him, like, out wide, and they're, like, really running empty up 50 points minutes to go. Um, that's embarrassing, man. That's embarrassing for the Chargers. And before we uh, started recording, um, they fired their head coach and general manager. So, rightfully so, I think. Um, it's a shit show over there. Yeah, it's horrible. We'll see, we'll see if... Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about coaching hires and fires and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. interesting to see who they who they target. Yeah, um, Kellen Moore, I believe they announced is um, will be taken over as active head coach. But uh, we'll start with my loss. Um, my lone loss of the weekend was Ravens minus seven and a half. Um, 
Win by six, obviously walk off, punt, return touchdown by, um, I think it's Tyquan Thornton, the rookie wide receiver. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Tylen Wallace, sorry, out of Oklahoma Wallace. State. Um, walk off in overtime. Um, that was a great football game. I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, the Rams don't belong in the same field as the Ravens, in my honest opinion, but it was a great football game. Fun to watch. Unfortunate that I the, lost the spread there, but. Uh, obviously, I was on Raiders plus three as the rest of the guys, so that was my lone push. My four W's, um, start with my two props. Joe Mixon over 21.5 receiving yards. Um, I'll probably lay Mixon's receiving yards for the rest of the year moving forward. Um, Jake Browning loves to dump it off. His offensive line, as we know, isn't great, so he doesn't have much time. Um, even when he does have time, he, li- he likes to find Mixon out of the backfield. Devontae Adams over 5.5 receptions. In that uh, snooze fest against the Vikings, finished with seven. So those were two props that I loved. Uh, my two win or two other wins were overs. Texans Jets over 32. Uh, Bucks Falcons over 41 and a half. Trent was on the Bucks, getting two and a half points there. Outright winners against Atlanta, 29-25. So four one and one, take over first place. Uh, not expected to be completely honest with you, considering that I do more college ball than NFL. But hey, we will fucking take a wonderful weekend. So we'll get picks out uh, Saturday morning. Um, like Trent said, we're we're in this wedding. Well, today is Saturday, but we're in this wedding t- uh, this evening. So we're gonna do our best to get them out as quickly as we can. But um, Trent, that uh, Bucks Falcons game kind of can kind of uh, segue us into this next. Um, bit i guess you can call it if you're starting a team right now would you rather start baker mayfield or desmond ritter as your qb1 rather start baker mayfield you're crazy i think i think what you uh you've been hating on desmond ritter all year right yeah but i think he's better than baker mayfield i don't know man i think that I think that that Atlanta situation is actually like really good situation. Bro, and you got Mike Evans, Chris get... Godwin, Kate Otten, Rashad oh, I'm White. Not, I'm not saying. No, 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 I'm not saying Baker has no weapons. For all point is like I think that there's there's been chatter about uh, Justin Fields possibly getting traded to Atlanta next year. Um, and Atlanta kind of wanted to make that move. I think that you might see that offense explode when that's a little more talented than Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter um, has some talent. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't trust his, his like downfield accuracy, trust his making um, as much. So, you know, he's a good athlete, but he's not an elite athlete. So I, I just think that Atlanta has a really good offensive ecosystem between that offensive line, B. John Robinson. I think Drake London is really good. I think yeah. Kyle Pitts is, despite his like, lack of production, I think he's really good. So I, I think if they get a, a good quarterback in there next year, you can see that offense explode. Yeah, I agree. And um, Tampa Bay needs to, I think they will, but they need to go after a quarterback as well. Um, we're going to do some quarterback tiers, quarterback rankings. Uh, before we jumped on here, we decided on a few categories. We're going to go through all 32 quarterbacks. 
I know like half the league right now is backups, but we're going to go with starting quarterbacks. So let's see, for example, um, Chargers, right? Uh, Easton Sick is their current starter quarterback, but we'll talk Justin Field or uh, Justin Herbert. So if a guy's out, we'll obviously talk about them. But um, the categories we decided upon was best of the best. So you're going to have one, maybe two guys in that category. I think it's kind of unanimous as to who's going to be in there. We have elite. Almost elite. Right below that, we have average and then trash. We're going to go through all through 32 starters. Trent and I are going to come up with this list on, on the fly. Um, we did a little bit of prep, but uh, we wanted to kind of make it raw and uh, go through it with you guys watching. So we're going to go division by division. Just makes it easy to uh, to group things up. And because we're talking about this NFC South, let's just stick. Let's stay there, Trent, with the Bucks and, and uh, Falcons. Where does Baker Mayfield fall on this list? Baker Mayfield is average. My only can say he's trash. Um, I think at one point was above average. Um, right now, I would say he's average. I think Tampa Bay does have an, a nice uh, offensive ecosystem for him as well. So, right in the average tier. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, completing passes, sixty-three percent, uh, just under three thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, eight picks. Um, if you know me, you know that I pretty much despise Baker Mayfield. I just he's just the Draymond Green of the NFL to me. I just don't like him at all. But uh, I think average is a good spot for him. And uh, Desmond Ritter, I'm also going to put in average. I think the upside with Desmond Ritter is through the roof, in my opinion. But I don't think he's going to be anything above if an average NFL quarterback until he can prove that he can consistently throw the football and i'm not expecting him or wanting him to throw or to average 300 plus right but um he needs to be doing a little bit more especially with the weapons he has down in atlanta so i think average is a great spot for desmond ritter in my opinion yeah i, I think given his his uh inexperience i think average is fine um doesn't improve over the next you know who, who knows if he gets the chance to improve but um, if he doesn't improve, I think he's trending towards trash, unfortunately, sadly to say. I agree. Um, but he has shown glimpses, and uh, I do think that, you know, definitely, there's definitely a handful of quarterbacks that are below him. So I would put him in average as well. Sure. What about the number one overall pick, Bryce Young? Um, obviously, we know the situation, excuse me, the situation is not great, almost horrible in Carolina. Um, but Bryce Young, 2,200 yards, nine touchdowns, nine picks, um, completing passes at only 58.5%. I'll let you take the lead here because I was never – it's hard, to, it's hard to, to criticize him right now just because obviously it's his rookie year. He's in a horrible situation. But um, I was never high on him coming out of college. But it's also so early that I don't think – he really like falls in any of these categories, in my opinion, or any of these tiers. I'm sorry. This is funny because I was higher on Bryce Young than you were coming out of the draft. I thought he was extremely poised. I thought he was be his uh, pocket movement, his ability to extend plays within the pocket, ability to climb the pocket and hit difficult arm angle throws. But now I've swung the other way. 
Bryce, out of the last 431 quarterbacks have taken a snap since like 2010, Bryce Young is 431st on uh, EPA per play. So he is the worst quarterback of the last 15 years, production-wise. Wow. Wow. He he just doesn't – it's like nothing translated from college to the NFL for him. And I mean, I hate to say it, but he looks like a huge draft bust. I mean, Andy Dalton has the best performance from a Carolina Panther quarterback this year, and it was one game. He threw for like 350 yards, a couple touchdowns. So, I would put I would put Bryce Young at the bottom of the barrel, like about as trash as trash can get. And I'm usually really patient with with rookie quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that I've liked liked going into the draft. But he has shown nothing that can can elevate him above trash. So he is trash, squarely <laughs> in trash, the bottom of the barrel of trash. I can get I can get behind that. Um. Another guy, the last quarterback in the NFC South. Um, obviously, we all know who that is. Um, Crash. He who shall not be named in uh, New Orleans. Crash. Um, he's absolutely going in the trash in the trash um, tier here, but he needs to be in a tier uh, by himself. He needs to. Uh, there, there. You got average, trash, and then you got whatever Derek Carr in New Orleans is. Um, Get this man out off of my fucking team. I cannot stand watching him play football anymore. Uh, 18 of 26. With, hey, that's pretty solid, right? Especially against a Carolina team that def- the has a little bit of trouble defending the pass. But 18 completions for 119 yards. That is less than five yards <laughs> per completion. Um, one of those one of those completions was a 44 yarder to uh, Chris Olave. So you take that 44 yarder out of there that's 17 completions for less than 70 yards um he threw a touchdown i forget who it was to um early in the fourth quarter when he had probably about 70 yards passing and you would have thought he just won the fucking super bowl and just ran across to the sideline got super fucking hype was jacking everybody up and um yeah, he he needs to fucking go, dude. I mean, he thirteen touchdowns, uh, seven interceptions, not even twenty nine hundred yards right now. He uh, he needs to go. So Derek Carr is in a, Derek Carr is in a uh, tier by himself. Let's move to. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I echo everything you said. Uh, so yeah, let, let's move on. I'm. I get pissed when I talk about Derek Carr. Yeah, I can't. So. I know he's been a he's been a podcast favorite of ours. <laughs> he's, he, I, we're probably the only podcast in like the sports media world that talks about Derek Carr as much is, as much as we know. So, it, it, yeah, it, so let's it, move on. He's fucking piss poor. Let's uh, let's stay in the NFC. Let's run through these NFC quarterbacks um, out west. Kyler Murray uh, with the. Uh, but I almost said Carolina Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. I would put him in the average tier. Um, game, some games he looks almost elite. Other games he looks trash. Um, he's just not a guy that I'm very high on, no pun intended. He, He's just an average quarterback. He's, he's a serviceable quarterback. I think he's good. I don't think he's bad, but I think he's 
I think average is like perfect for him, in my opinion. Okay, I would have him in the almost elite category. I think he's better than you're, what you're giving him credit for. That's the one above average, right? Average Correct. and almost elite. Yeah, I would I would have him almost elite. Um, I mean, he showed elite for stretches in his career. And, um, you know, I think he has some major flaws in his game. But I, I do think that when it's all clicking, combination um, of his arm strength and his um, aim mobility and uh, elusiveness i think he's rarely in the almost elite potential to move up so we'll see we could, I'm, we could I'm higher on him than you we could drop him in the almost elite i do i do really love um his ability to escape the pocket and run so um, i'll give him credit there uh the old head uh matt stafford with the rams um i think if this was three years ago he would be in the elite category um i think I don't think he's average. I think he's just above average. Um, I would say he's, I would say he's almost elite, just simply because he's digressing or um, regressing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, really, in the almost elite, I think. Yeah, given his, I mean, his arm is still it's fantastic. It's a bazooka. I think what's, yeah, I think what has uh, maybe regressed is ability um see just with his older age i mean watching him play like in that ravens game the throws he was making were, were were phenomenal so i think he's really talented still and if you if you combine him with like mcveigh's scheme he's elite but i think squarely as a player vacuum independent on on other factors i think he's almost elite geno smith uh nfl 2022 comeback player of the year Excuse me, 2,900 yards, 15 touchdowns, 9 picks this year, QBR of uh, 55 and a half. Um, just about average in every single one of those categories. I will, I'll give you a point here because I'm curious as to, to where, you, where you stand with Gino. Yeah, I think, you know, we've said it before, but we've all been like pro Gino on this pod. I know Gage is a big Gino guy. Um, shout out to Gage listening along, but um, he has regressed a bit this year. Um, so I, I think he, you know, still a, a, a really good career arc story, given what his first 10 years in the NFL were like. But I think at this point, uh, it's fair to put him in the average category. I agree. Uh, this one, I wish Gage was here because this we could debate this next guy for an entire episode, to be completely honest with you. Um, Brock Purdy, manning things out in San Fran is second right now in terms of MVP MVP odds right behind Dak Prescott. Um, it is absolutely scheme-oriented. Um, San Francisco has the best scheme and the best offensive coaches in football. But, I mean, he also has 3,500 yards, which is third in the league, 25 touchdowns, which is second in the league, and his QBR is uh, 75, 75, which is... Um, sole possession of first place in the NFL. So it may be scheme, yes, but it's also unfair to criticize him because Jimmy G was in the exact same scheme and did not have success. He got shipped off. So I would put Brock Purdy in the almost elite category. I think he's he's one more season from being elite. 
Yeah, man, I, I was I was critical of Brock Purdy last year, and I've kind of done a complete 180. Everything you said is true about the scheme and the talent around him. I think I saw, I saw a stat the other day where, like, only took Brock Purdy's attempts at or behind the long line of scrimmage. He would still lead the NFL in yards per attempt, which is just a mind-boggling stat. Yeah. But with that said, like... He's good, man. He's almost elite. I, I think you, you hit it right on the head. We'll get to other quarterbacks, but there's a there's a couple quarterbacks that I would take Brock Purdy over that might ruffle some feathers, but I think that Brock Purdy is, is squarely in the almost elite category um, with obviously the caveat of, you know, the one the greatest offensive mind maybe ever and, and the Avengers he has around him. So almost elite for me. Yeah, and there's, there's really – a small handful, maybe. I can probably use one hand to count the uh, the quarterbacks I would take over him right now, honestly. I, I, I'm really high on him, and the only reason I have him in almost elite and not elite right now is because I, I want to see him do it consistently, which is, like I guess, kind of unfair to say because he's been doing it all year, but you get my point. Uh, NFC North, this one should not take long at all, at least in my opinion. Um, we're going to start it in Green Bay. Jordan Love, a guy that you were high on before the season, more so than Gage and I. Um, I would put him at average. I think he is better than Baker, but I don't think he's as good as Kyler. So I think average would be uh, a great spot for him. I think he's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league, though. Yeah, Jordan Love is a really weird one for me because when it's right and he's accurate, he looks like a top-five quarterback. Um, and his 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 play style and his like release, his deep ball, uh, it's just so like aesthetically amazing. Um, but there's there's so many games where he just looks so inaccurate, and and I do think he's in a really good scheme as well. Floor, I think Lafleur is a really underrated head coach at least in terms of, of uh, offensive scheme. So I think he's in a good situation. I think his weapons are good too. Um, but I agree with you. I, I put him in average um, with the with the talent to, to you know move up. But I think right now, due to consistency issues, I think he's average. Yeah, I mean, he has over 3,000 yards and 23 touchdowns, and his wide receiver one is what you could probably say, Jaden Reed. So it's like he's doing it with with not no with not nobodies, but like a bunch of young guys. Reed's good, man. No, no, that's what I mean. A Reed, bunch of Reed. young, inexperienced Reed receivers. They're uh, young. Yeah, they're they're a team on the rise for sure. Yeah, Jared Goff uh, up in Detroit, top uh, ten in passing yards, thirty four, forty nine, twenty one touchdowns, ten picks, uh, quarterback rating sitting at. I'm sorry, completion percentage sitting at 67%. Um, he's a hard one to read because he's either really fucking good or he's really fucking bad. And that team wins and lose with wins and loses with him. Um, so I would put him in the average group. I think that's a good spot for him because he shows life of or he shows glimpses of being glimpses of being elite. And but I just he's not there consistently for me yet. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I mean, Jared Goff is is the most scheme dependent quarterback, maybe in the league. Like, if he's in a good situation, he's going to look elite. If he's in a bad situation, he's going to look trash. 
So I think that average is the perfect spot for him. If he if he has to move off his uh, spot in the pocket, if there's any pressure, you, you're just in trouble. Uh, he just can't move. He can't throw on the move. There's yeah. He doesn't give you anything outside of structure, so he is average as fuck. <laughs> uh, Minnesota. They've had, I think, three or four quarterbacks play. Um, we're going to go with Kirk Cousins. Just We're going to be consistent here. He is there. He is QB1, at least. Probably won't be, honestly, at the start of next year. I can see it moving. But um, I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I think when he's healthy, he is debatably a top 10 quarterback in the league. I say that with confidence. Um, I would put him at almost elite. I think he is just as good, if not better, than Matt Stafford. I truly do. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a player that got so much unwarranted shit. Um, and he, if he doesn't get hurt this year, he might be in the elite category. I agree. Like, Kirk Cousins, I don't I don't understand where the hate is with Kirk Cousins. Like, he's not like a check-down merchant. Like, he fucking whips the ball downfield. He throws it in the tight windows. He gets the shit beat out of him, and he just pops right back up except his Achilles this year. He can move, actually. Like, yeah. he's not like Jared Gall. He can actually move pretty well. And he seems like a great guy and a great teammate. So, um, I think the season he was having, I think he was basically like Dak Prescott this year. Like, he would probably be right up there with Dak and MVP. The, the way he was playing and the way Minnesota was turning their, their season around before he got hurt. So, I agree. Almost elite. I think he's been almost elite for about five or six years now. This season was his best season, and he was going to be in that elite tier, if not for his injury. But yeah, almost elite is perfect for him, and I don't understand the hate. Never did. Um, and if you look at his primetime numbers recently, they're actually like really good. So you can't even like do the whole primetime thing anymore with him. Oh, yeah, I'm a Kirk Cousins fan. He's he's elite. Almost elite. I'm sorry. Um, this is a good one. Justin Fields. Um. I think is probably one of the hardest quarterbacks to read in the NFL. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to describe him. So please do that for me. Yeah, you know, we've done the Justin Fields thing. Obviously, we're huge Justin Fields fans. Um, I think at this point, he's average. And I think he's he's also... <clears throat> I think he's also, like... He's kind of like Goff. Like, he's not like Goff at all, but he's kind of like Goff in terms of, like, his scheme dependency. Like, have a good scheme around Goff. He can pull, he can give you, like, top seven quarterback play. I think that if you give Fields, like, a scheme that, like, Hurts had last year, where um, you play to his strengths and minimize his weaknesses, he can give you top five to seven quarterback play. We've seen stretches of it. He's also been just in a horrible situation, so I think the only only thing you can do is put him in average. At this point, um, anyone that says he's trash just doesn't know ball. Like they they just completely understand like what goes into being a quarterback and like how important your surrounding is in your scheme and your coaching and stuff like that. Um, so I think he he's very volatile. He can move up, but right now he is average. 
Let's move to the NFC East. Um, we obviously got the two big dogs up top, but we'll start with Sam Howell. Guy who at one point was leading the league in passing yards. Currently sits at 5th. Um, 34-66, 18 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Uh, QBR at a uh, abysmal 48. Um, I would put him at the average. I actually think he's below average. I just... You just I, I would put him in average simply because of of the uh, the passing yards and kind of the success he's had personally with the uh, the horrible situation and um, kind of in house stuff they got going on in Washington. Yeah, Sam Howell honestly has impressed me this year. I agree with the average um, thing, and I know like he hasn't. It's weird because like he hasn't had a good year. He throws a ton of interceptions and he takes a ton of sacks. But he's on a trajectory, in my opinion, that, like, that those are things that you can, like, really improve on. And he flashes, like, Bryce Young, for example. You watch Bryce Young, and you don't see any, like, flashes. Like, I don't see anything where it's like, all right, you can build off that. There's a lot of things with Sam Howell that I like. And he throws a beautiful ball. He's got really good arm strength. He can move. Things that he sucks at her. He holds on the ball too long, takes way too many sacks, and tries to extend plays. And he's, you know, he throws a lot of interceptions, but a lot of those interceptions are him just being aggressive when they're losing. So I actually kind of like Sam Howe. Um, I think, like, if you just look at this season, you can say, okay, he's trash. But I think average, and um, I think he's going to, if he keeps playing and he keeps getting a chance to start, I think he'll keep getting better. Um, he's very Baker Mayfieldy, in my opinion. So I, I would put him average. Let's go to the Meadowlands. Um, this is a good one. This is a good one because um, Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets, have both started six games so far. And I want to read you their stat lines really quick. Both started six games. Daniel Jones is completing has a sixty-seven point five completion percentage, nine hundred and nine yards, five point seven yards uh, per completion. Two touchdowns, six interceptions. Now he's a little bit more mobile than uh, DeVito. But uh, two touchdowns, six picks, sacked 30 times, has a uh, QBR of 70. Tommy Cutlets, uh, 855 yards, 66% completion percentage, 6.8 yards per completion, eight touchdowns, three picks, QBR of 97. Do I think Tommy DeVito is the long-term option for the Giants? No, but he is better than Daniel Jones. He's a better option than Daniel Jones, and I firmly believe that. And you, and you engage more than anybody know how the expectations I kind of had for Daniel Jones coming into this year. But um, I think this is Tommy DeVito's team after this season. I completely forgot about your Giants love fest <laughs> at the beginning of the year. That is so funny that I, I completely forgot about that. Um, that was so odd. But, yeah, I've been, like, Tommy, Tommy DeVito is better than Daniel Jones, like you said. Like, he's just straight up better. And I've been, like, probably the most anti-Daniel Jones for a couple of years now. And I remember when they paid him, <laughs> they gave him that contract where it was, like, $40 million. I was like, what are you guys Doing. Yeah. Like I know he had a solid year last year, but he is bad. He is trash. Daniel Jones is trash. 
is like the like he's like kind of like Sam Howe that runs a little bit more but doesn't any like nice like wow deep deep throws or he's not aggressive enough really boring to watch he takes so many sacks and he yeah I mean I, I don't even know if I know he's a really good runner but I think Tommy DeVito can run run um, maybe not quite as well but but really well as well so Jones is trash. He's been trash for a while. I can't. I can't believe they paid him. So he's trash. We'll rank them both. We'll put Tommy DeVito in the average. Daniel Jones in the uh, the trash category. Um, the two big dogs. I think we're gonna spend. We're gonna try to get through these as quickly as we can. But more time's gonna be spent on these two quarterbacks, in my opinion, than any other. Um, we'll start in Dallas. The MVP front runner right now, Dak Prescott, having a fucking amazing year. Um. Fourth in yards, 3,500, 28 touchdowns, which is first in the league. Uh, QBR of 74.6, which is second behind Brock Purdy. Um, he looks fucking awesome. Um, he looks healthy. He He's mobile. Like, he, he looks really good. And he throws a fucking gorgeous football. And yes, he has C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson to throw the football to. But he looks really good and he is just absolutely deserving of the mvp right now in my opinion and with that being said i would put him in the elite category I, he would be my first pick so far to be in the elite category yeah i i 100 agree elite for dak prescott uh he's another player kind of like kurt cousins that has been unfairly on that i've always kind of defended um like last year was it was a really outlier year in terms of his interceptions like he threw a lot of interceptions but if you look at his whole career never a high interception guy and people kind of just ran with it and acted like Dak is just like some turnover machine I don't know I, I guess it's because he plays for the Cowboys and that's just kind of comes with uh comes with the job there but he he's elite for me um again very similar to Kirk Cousins I think he is uh I think he's a little better than Kirk Cousins, but it's very close. Um, so, yeah, elite, elite for me with Dak Prescott. Now, what about Jalen Hurts? Because um, about midway through the season, he was a clear favorite. He was almost minus money to win MVP. Um, then the Eagles kind of went on that, the, the mini skid, lost a couple games. Um, they've lost two in a row so far. But um, I would put him at... See, I would put him at elite. I would. And um, a lot of people don't think he's very good. I, I, I've heard a lot of he's like one of the more overrated quarterbacks in the league. And I, at times, I have definitely said that. I would be ignorant to say I haven't. But because he's, he's been inconsistent this year. And he played so fucking well last year that like the expectations were almost Mahomes-esque. Not in terms of like numbers, but just like in terms of you know winning ability and like playmaking. So it's kind of an unfair expectation set on him. I would put him as elite because there's not many guys that I would take over him. To be completely honest with you, just with his ability to run the football and he throws a really good deep ball too. He does throw a really good deep ball. Um, I would actually have him in almost elite. I think he's kind of a tush push merchant to be completely honest and uh, I mean he's just in a really good situation 
I, I don't know, man. Like, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that, that could succeed in that situation. Now, I'll, I'll give him credit. Like, Super Bowl, he fucking balled out. Like, he played, like, an elite, maybe even a best-of-the-best guy. Like, he looked like a top-three guy in the Super Bowl. But, um, and I know he's been banged up this year, but I don't think he's been elite this year. I think he's been almost elite. And I think I would put him in almost elite. You got to wonder, like, what what would he look like if you just threw him on the, uh, you know, the Jets? Or, you know, how would he look just, you know, even the Jaguars who have some talent? Like, oh, man, I, I would put him in almost elite. Yeah, if he wasn't on a team that was kind of like loaded with weapons, kind of had a plethora of playmakers all over the field, um, I think he'd be more of a true runner, um, kind of like a Justin Fields. Their 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 run styles are completely different, but I just mean like field like they design runs for Fields right now, like you know read options, you know kind of like get get them out in space. Right now in uh, Philly, it's more you know under center, obviously with the tush push, but a lot of ha- uh, quarterback dives out of the shotgun. Uh, read like tight read options so but I, I i can i can get behind the almost elite um i do think he is elite but i don't think he's he's bad at all by any stretch of the imagination um let's transfer to the afc which i think should be kind of a breeze because i think the nfc has uh better quarterbacks in the afc in my complete opinion but let's start out west with the the current goat i think it's it's clear to see or clear to say that Mahomes belongs in the uh, the best of the best, you know, the top tier, the one, the one guy in the league that I wouldn't take anybody over. Yes, he has not played great the last couple of weeks, and he's probably going to play a home, or I'm sorry, play a road playoff game for the first time in his career this year. But that's just because the the league is loaded in uh, 2023. But Mahomes clear cut above the rest. Unless you have anything to to debate on that, we can we can kind of cl- quickly move on. Yeah, no, I, I obviously agree, and I think the only, like, you can say that the Chiefs are doing him a disservice, weapons they have, and their, their like, I guess, lack of, um, like, effort to surround him better. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, the, the later, like, Brady Patriots, where, like, they're yeah. just like, oh, he'll make it work, and it's like, it's a weapons league, man, like, Mahomes, you're, the only thing you're doing is putting more hits on his body or stress on him, clearly. Like, he's fucking lashing out in press conferences. So, <laughs> I would, uh, uh, yeah, and another take I have that Kelsey's, like, pretty much washed. Like, he just doesn't move the same as he did last year at all. And I know he's had some injuries, but he does not look like Kelsey anymore. So, I think that's why you see the offense taking a huge step down from last year. Um, but, yeah, he's he's the best of the best. He's the best quarterback ever, in my opinion. So, rightfully up there. Uh, rookie, Aiden O'Connell. I think it's safe to say that the uh, Antonio Pierce has, has given him the reins to uh, to be the guy out in uh, Las Vegas. Um, I would put him in the average. Um, just bunch him in with the rest of those guys, and I think it's – I don't think he's Bryce Young, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones. So put him right above him and call him average. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm. I agree. He's average. 
potential. He's got some potential, man. He's, he's, he does. He's very much, uh, very much like a, a Jimmy G type, I think. So I think he's a little more aggressive than Jimmy G in terms of his his play style. But yeah. um, I think he, he could carve out a nice little career for himself. This one ought to be fun. Russell Wilson um, has not been glamorous at all by any stretch of the imagination this year. But uh, he's got Broncos in second place at AFC West with a shot to win the division and a really good chance to make the playoffs. 2,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, which is top five in the NFL. And uh, eight interceptions. QBR is pretty low at 49 or almost 50% there. But um, where do you stand on Russ? I know Gage hates Russ. But... Yeah, I'm with Gage, dude. I, I've never been a <laughs> Russ guy. I thought I think he's been overrated his whole career, and I don't care about his touchdown to interception ratio. I think that's that's just shows you that that can be really misleading because he is doing the bare minimum for that team, and then he'll throw a couple go balls that Cortland Sutton will will track down in the end zone. And uh, he does doesn't he doesn't take any risk really. He just throws go balls or dump offs to his his uh, check down running back. So that's why his uh, interception numbers aren't high um which is kind of like what he'd done his, his whole career and he's been carried by a good defense but uh yeah i mean I, i'm not saying he wasn't good or you know elite at one point but at this point of his career um he's he's average he's about as average as average can get and he's kind of carried by i think sean payton's doing a great job now um over there your boy so um give me average for russ I can do that. I can I can get behind the average. Um, Justin Herbert, obviously done for the year. Um, both of his hands are, are fucked up right now. I think he's having surgery on his right one. Um, busted open his left finger or left hand earlier in the season. Um, I like Herbert a lot, and I mean a lot. Um, some people have given the overrated talk, and. He was kind of. He's been blessed with scheme and talent around him, but I think he is. I would. I would. I would put him right now in the almost elite, and I think he is banging very hard on the elite door. I think he's right there. I think he's elite, and I think he is the poster child for, you know, the, the QB wins aren't a real stat the team around you the scheme around you is really important and yeah he's got some he had some like big names career around him like mike williams keenan allen but his offense is always good despite having a terrible offensive scheme despite not having a good offensive line despite you know having a terrible terrible defense and a terrible head coach that just got fired. I mean, they just lost by 50 points on national television without Justin Herbert. That should just go to show how much heavy lifting he does and all this, un- this you know, hate and, and scrutiny he gets in a 500 record. Like, in reality, he's been holding this franchise on his back. So I would put him in a lead. I think that there's no question he's a lead. And like even guys like who, who else do we have in almost elite? Like he's a step above Kyler Murray, above Brock Purdy. 
Which, Who else do we have in that in that tier? In the almost elite right now, we got Kyler, Brock, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Would you rather have Herbie yeah, or Hurts? I'd rather have Herbert for sure. I think okay. I think I think he is a I think it would be a disservice to put him in that group of players. I think he is I, I think people underrated how horrible the Chargers have been and just a mess they are and they're injury prone. And they they're, they're they've overrated their talent, time. Um, so um, I would put Herbert in the lead. I, I actually don't think it's it's much of a debate in my opinion. Let's go cross country AFC East. Uh, this should be a good one. Let's start. Let's start with Mac Jones. Um, no longer his team. Bailey Zappi is the guy there, but um, I would. But Mac Jones is fucking trash. I said it coming out of college. He's. I didn't say he was horrible out of college. I mean, he was, he was decent, but he also had one of the top five offenses in college football history around him. Uh, he's trash. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I will listen to anybody that debates it, but I will not believe anything you say. Yeah, man. Mac Jones is like, this is what I was banging on draft day, like in, in when we we're talking about that draft. It's like, Best case scenario, he's going to be average, maybe slightly above average, like scheme dependent, because he just doesn't have any physical like tools that that make an elite quarterback. So I don't know why you would ever spend a first round pick on someone that's that limited yep. of a of a player. So in a perfect world, he's average if he has like you know a good team around him. He's average. He's like you know your Andy Dalton of the world. But if you're not going to have a good team around him, he's trash. He's trash, and he's clearly regressed. He clearly has no confidence anymore. Um. So yeah, he's trash right now. Um. Yeah, I'm aligned with you. He's trash. Um. I just lost my uh, my train of thought here. Here we go. Uh, Zach Wilson. Um. I would say let's talk Aaron Rodgers, but he played two or three snaps and. I think Jets Aaron Rodgers is going to be a different version, excuse me, of Packers Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to leave him off for now. And we're going to talk Zach Wilson. And I'm going to put him trash. in trash. trash. Type him in here in trash and move on. Tua leads the league in passing, is getting um, MVP votes, 70% completion percentage, which is up near the top of the league. Uh, average yards per completion is near the top. 24 touchdowns is obviously near the top. Um, QBR is not the best. It's below 60%. He is blessed with the best receiver in football. And one of the best number twos in football, Jalen Waddle. But you got to give credit to the guy throwing the football. He can't catch it unless somebody throws it. Um, I would put Tua in... <sighs> See, this it's tough. I... I... If there was something between elite and almost elite, I would put him in there because I was not high on Tua at all coming out and even the first couple years in the league. But um, but he's good in my opinion. He's good. I think he's good. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's good. Yeah, I, I I'm a little lower on Tua than you are. Reference when I was talking about Brock Purdy, like I'd rather have Brock Purdy than Tua. I think Tua is more like 
I think Tua is closer to like a Jared Goff than he is to like a um even like a Trevor Lawrence in my opinion. Oh, so I would put him in almost elite. Think he's a Tyreek Hill merchant. I think Tyreek Hill. Too. You guys know how I feel about Tyreek Hill, but <clears throat> I think you know we we saw what happened when Tyreek Hill left the game last week, and he kind of just kind of fumbled. So I, I actually think he's closer to average than elite. I'm okay putting him in almost elite. I'm okay with that too. Josh Allen, my boy, Josh Allen, thirty-four forty-seven in terms of yards, twenty-five touchdowns, fourteen picks, QBR sits. Right about average, 70 and a half. Um, if you know me, you know my, how much I love Josh Allen. Maybe a little bias, but um, I think he's elite. You just kind of look at some of these names on this almost elite category that we have. You know, Kyler, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins. I would take Josh Allen over all of those. I would take him in the same breath as Dak and Justin Herbert. Yes, he does make some what-the-fuck plays, but he also makes some holy-shit plays. So, I think he's elite. I do. Yeah, I I think that he is the second-best quarterback in the NFL. I think you could make an argument that he should be up there with Mahomes. Um, And I I look beyond the numbers. Like People like to shit on Josh Allen because of his turnovers, but again, I think... It's a situation where he's elevated a roster that isn't that good, and he's kind of done it for years. And he's kind of forced to play that style because that's the only style he knows how to win because the team around him isn't good. Like, I harp on it every year, but he he leads their team in, like, rushing every single year. I I think James Cook might lead it this year. Um, Yeah, I mean, the fact that he is that much of their offense and if you took josh allen away and you put jimmy g in that offense bills might have two wins right now and their defense hasn't been good this year either so and josh allen is great i think he is his i think his i think his like top end like elite play is better than maybe any quarterback ever like it's better than Mahomes, I think, when he's just like on top of his game. Now it's rare that it all clicks, but I, I would put him in elite, like you said. Um, only reason he's not up there with Mahomes is because of you know he, he does have games where you're just like, what are you doing? But I think that's a lot of times out of necessity situation. So team another player that's kind of buried his franchise and doesn't get the credit he deserves. But yeah, throw him in elite. Yeah, if he he's he's one Super Bowl away. I do agree. He's one Super Bowl away from some people saying he's the best quarterback in the league. I, I truly believe that. Uh, let's save the AFC North and let's move to the AFC South uh, division with a bunch of young guns, man. Young guns fucking all over the place. And let's start in Tennessee. Uh, Will Levis is clearly the guy there. Ryan Tannehill has pretty much got one foot out the door. Um still very very early to to fairly critique will levis in my opinion um i would put him in average i don't think he's trash um i actually think he's below average but for but considering that we only have the average category um i would put him in there yeah man i'm surprised how much i like will levis and like watching him play and i think um like 
admittedly, I didn't watch a ton of him in college, but what I did watch in college, I was just kind of just like, what is this guy thinking? Mm. But uh, he, he has a lot more awareness than I gave him credit for. I felt like he seems like he moves well in the pocket. Um, throws a good ball, his, too. Throws, throws such a beautiful ball, dude. Like, his, his throws are so beautiful. He's got a really, really, really talented arm. So I would put him, yeah, in the average at this point, but I think he... I think he could be climbing in the years to come, and I think that is. Uh, I think the Titans found their quarterback. So I, I like Will Levis a lot, and um, right now, you know, given the small sample size, he's uh, yeah, he's cool with the average. I wish we were having the Anthony Richardson conversation right now instead of Gardner Minshew because fuck, I love Anthony Richardson, and um, I think Gardner Minshew is one of the best backups in the league. Uh, obviously, he's shown he's. He can be a starter for some teams. Uh, I mean, he's got Colts in play in the playoff contention. Um, Gardner is average. Um, I think he's slightly above average, actually. But you know, looking at the list of guys that we have here, I I'd probably take Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Sam Howe. That's probably it over Gardner. Honestly, there's not many guys on this average list I would take over him. So um, I'll put him right above Baker here in the average category, even though it's not really a ranking system. But uh, I, I feel good about it with Gardner being average. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could make the argument that he's better than Sam Howell at this point, um, at least this season. So uh, they they both kind of turn the ball over a lot. Uh, Sam Howell has a better arm. But Gardner, I think, is just – he moves better in the pocket. He, he's – a playmaker as well so um yeah i put him in the average i've always been a, a big garter Minshew fan and um i mean he could definitely he's he's probably the best backup quarterback in the nfl like you said so I, i'd put him in average trevor lawrence uh lord fourth quad where is where does he sit in your rankings because he's one of the the very small handful of quarterbacks that kind of like has a wide variety of opinions like some people think he's fucking trash some people think he's insane where do you where, where does he sit on your list yeah it's a it's a weird one for me because i was skeptical of trevor lawrence um you know obviously had a horrible rookie year last year he kind of broke out but i was skeptical of like where we were putting him in, in rankings going into the season given his small sample size and he really only had like eight good games and this season, look at the numbers. Like, he hasn't been that good. But when you watch him play, different story. And I'm surprised how much I like him watch him play. Like, he just looks like he knows what he's doing. He's got a great arm. Seems like his arm's even better than it was in college. He moves really well. He's been battling through injuries. Um, even his interceptions, like, I don't think they're like, what are you doing? I think it's just like, bust his arm a lot. It's going to lead to interceptions sometimes. Like a bigger Trevor Lawrence fan was last year, even though his numbers have regressed. Um, but with all that said, I would put him in the almost elite category, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's elite by this time next year. So I, I would put him almost elite. Yeah, I can get behind that. I like that. Um, Our boy, CJ Stroud, um, he's elite. Nothing else to say about it. Um, he 
is having the best rookie quarterback season of all time. Um, he's been flip flopping with Tua in terms of number uh, passing yards. I'm sorry, he's flip flopping with Tua as being the top passer in terms of yards in the league. Twenty touchdowns, five picks, QBR sitting at 55. Uh, pass completing passes at 63 percent clip. Um, he's elite. I, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, averaging 279 yards a game, which is second in the league, obviously behind Tua. Uh, this guy can do it all, and he's doing things now in in the league that we did not see in college, which is more of a holy shit. So, I love this guy. Bias aside, he is one of the top ten right now quarterbacks in the NFL, without question. Yeah, I I agree. I think the only thing you can say that might not put him in a lead is it's just the small sample size. Um, but what we've seen, like, I don't know how you can argue that he isn't, you know, like you said, one of the 10 best, maybe one of like the seven best quarterbacks already in what he's doing in Houston with that team. Um, you know, the way he's elevating the talent around him and it, it sucks cause he's hurt now. Um, so I, I he's going to miss this week, I think. Um, but yeah, man, like he is, we've done the CJ Stroud thing. Like he has all the tools in the world. There isn't really much of a flaw in his game. Um, he's almost like a more, more like polished Trevor Lawrence at this point. And it's crazy because it's his first year and Trevor Lawrence was horrible his first year. So, I mean, he is, he's something else. So he's, he's elite. I agree. All right, saved in my opinion the best uh, division for la- the best quarterback division for last AFC North. Um, we're gonna get the two out of the way so that way we can talk about these other two. Kenny Pickett, um, I can probably say I second everything that you're about to say about him. So I will let you place Kenny Pickett wherever you please on this list. Mm, this is actually a tough one for me. Okay, maybe maybe I don't agree with you then. Yeah, maybe you don't. I I think the first instinct is he's trash, but I also think like the Steelers are really really not set up well, um, in terms of like an offensive ecosystem. You could talk me into average for Kenny Pickett, but I don't know. I'll let you have the final call. I I think he's somewhere. I think he's slightly below average, but I, I don't think it's fair to call him trash. I agree. He's below average, and for the sake of what we're doing, I'd put him in average. Cool. Your boy, $200 million scam artist, uh, Deshaun Watson. He, When he's on the field, he is better, in my opinion, than Kyler Murray. He's better than Trevor Lawrence. And he's better than right now Matt Stafford. So I would put him in almost elite. But the problem is he just has not played football much this year. So it's kind of hard to rank him. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I think he he he's at least shows flashes, right? Where like he does he does flash like those elite or almost elite skills, I think. But I think yeah. 
there's been a lot of bad plays as well and he's been he's been hurt the whole year which people don't realize um like even when he was playing yeah he was injured so um it sucks for the browns and like the obviously the the jokes and the the investment in him um but yeah you can't you can't put him anywhere but average at this point um despite you know some of the flashes he had when he plays it's just there's too many there's too many plays as well um so average is, is fine for him this average list is fucking filling up one two three yeah. four five six seven eight nine ten 14 names on that list right now uh not a great year to be a quarterback but these last two names man I'm, i've been i've been excited for the last hour or so to talk about these two names um we'll start with my MVP favorite, or at least who I bet to win the MVP, Lamar Jackson over, up in Baltimore. Um, he's elite. Um, just I, He's obviously the best running quarterback, or the best dual threat quarterback in the league. Um, there's maybe three quarterbacks I would take over him. Um, he, This man, when he's healthy and when he's on the field, is the best player on the football field. There's not a, the doubt or question in my mind. He is an elite quarterback. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I agree. I'll let you take the reins on uh, richest man in NFL history, Mr. Burrow himself. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow is squarely in the elite category. Um, I think he's right up there with, uh, I mean, Dak, Herbert, Josh Allen, CJ Stroud, Lamar, Burrow. I think, if anything, like I said, I think Josh Allen is kind of you're heading that group. I think you could argue Josh Allen could be up there um, with Mahomes. Obviously below Mahomes, but like with Mahomes in that tier. But I mean, Burrow, despite you know, we see how talented the Bengals are on offense, and maybe people were a little unfair to Zach Taylor scheme, given what he's doing with an undrafted. Um, but I mean, yeah, like Jamar Chase is filthy. That offensive ecosystem is is really, really set up well. Their offensive line is actually playing better this year, uh, and they've actually been really, really healthy and and uh, had that continuity. Um, but we know how good Joe Burrow is, and um, yeah, I, I think he's squarely in the lead. Uh, but I I would push back if people wanted to say he's you know I, I think he's a top quarterback i don't think he's a top three quarterback in my opinion who i i, I agree everything you said I, I i really really love watching healthy joe burrow play football um i wish to god he could be on the field more than he has been because I, I really do like watching him play um he's also he's he's 2a and 2b with josh allen one day it's allen one day it's burrow in terms of who's up there right behind mahomes um, these these Burrow you know stands that that just ignore the fact that Josh Allen is good um, annoy the piss out of me. So it's kind of hard to, to do this Allen versus Mahomes or Allen versus Burrow debate. So I'm not going to get into it right now. But he is the second or third best quarterback in the NFL. I think that's it's pretty fair pretty fair to say. Who's your top five? Really quick, no elaboration. No, this is why. Mahomes number one. Who's two through five for you? I'd have Josh Allen two. 
I'd probably have. I know you said no elaboration. I think there's a drop off after those two. And then I'd probably go something like Lamar. You know, Burrow, Dak, Herbert, all kind of jumbled up. Burrow and Dak are like very, very comparable. Like I don't, I don't really see. I actually think Dak is more like Dak might be better than Burrow because he throws the ball downfield more. Um, now he has got a better offensive line. Um, I think Burrow and I think Burrow and Herbert is like right, right there at like five. In my opinion. That's fair. I think I, I think I'd put Dak at four. I'm I'm really high on Dak, man. I think yeah. I think Dak is really good. Yeah, he's at five for me. I mean. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Dak, and Herbert's right behind Dak. But um, but yeah, man, that's it's good. It's gonna bring a lot of uh, not controversy. That's not the right word, but uh, a lot of feedback because I know a lot of people that are gonna disagree heavy, heavy with uh with the quarterback debate and kind of who's better than who. But um, let's get out of here. But before we do, we got two more things to go over really quick. And since we're in the NFL, we're going to let you give your weekly power rankings. And then we're going to move to uh, some Christmas talk. And then we'll we'll say bye to the boys. Yes, sir. Um, so my power rankings, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to tweet these out. Uh, but um, they're going to be similar to, to last week. So number one, I do have Niners. Um, not much to say about that. Number two. I have the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, I've said a lot about the Dallas Cowboys. They're they're really good, and Dak's playing like a top three quarterback right now. Number three, <clears throat> maybe my biggest jump. I have the the more Ravens. I know that's music to your ears. Finally, um, I think the Dolphins losing Tyreek Hill is a huge issue for them. So I, I, I think that you can put the uh, the Ravens at three and feel feel good about it. Number four is tough because the Dolphins lost, the Chiefs lost, the Eagles lost. The Saints I'm gonna won. I'm going to put the Saints did win. <laughs> Saints won. Uh, yeah, man, that's tough. I, I'm going to put the Eagles there. I don't feel good about it. I think the Eagles have a lot of holes on their team, but I think uh, this is number four. I'm sorry. I think you know there is uh, no man. There's there's a lot of questions about that team. I don't think they're going to be able to compete with San Francisco when it matters or win a Super Bowl. And then number five, I do have the Chiefs. Um, there's really no other team to put up there, and they have the greatest quarterback of all time. So they're going to be number five. So. Uh, that's one, San Fran, two, Dallas, three, Baltimore, four, Philly, and five, Kansas City. I don't disagree with any of that, honestly. Chiefs want to be in my top five, but at the same time, I, I can't think of a team off the top of my head that I would I would put in over them. So five, I think, is a decent spot for them. All right, real quickly, because it is a holiday season, uh, just over a week away from Christmas, my favorite holiday of the year. I know it's not Trent's because Trent shares a birthday with Jesus. It's kind of a cock block, but uh, we're going to go through. It's not draft. It's just a simple list of our top five favorite things about Christmas. This can be, you know, feelings. This could be a favorite Christmas song. 
Like this could be literally anything about Christmas that we love. And uh, we want you guys to give us feedback, um, not necessarily on our list, but your guys' list. Kind of, you know, tell us what you guys love, which maybe what you don't like about Christmas and um, the Christmas season, the holiday season, and all that fun stuff. So I'll kick it off. Uh, number five, we'll go five to one. My fifth favorite thing about Christmas is Christmas lights. I When I get my own house, I, I will be the one to have, you know, the few inflatables, blow-ups, um, the multicolor lights. I love... And I love Christmas lights. I've been infatuated with them my entire life. I remember growing up, and um, Gage can uh, can account for this. You know, across the street from us, there's a house that just goes absolutely fucking bonkers with Christmas lights. Like full front, back, backyard, like everything is just is to the nine. And I I loved it. I love Christmas lights, so that's why they're number five on my list. Yeah, they were on my list as well. They were number three for me. Um, yeah, I, I echo everything you say. I mean, if that's how you want to get put in the Christmas spirit, uh, lights on houses, really cool to just drive around and, and look at houses. And, oh, yeah. Um, lights in, like, public like public areas, like squares and stuff. You just really, really feel Christmas spirit. So I'm a big fan of Christmas lights. It could have been higher on my list, actually. Um, I know you have them at five. I have them at three. It'll be interesting to see how much overlap we have on our list. Uh, my number five is kind of a, a weird one. Uh, you know, stay with me here. I like the fact that in Christmas is over, you still have something to look forward to, and that's New Year's. I like how it's kind of sandwiched right before years, where it's like a lot of times in holidays when like you have the holiday, and then the day after, it's kind of a bummer. You're going back to work, you know, everything, you don't have anything to look forward to. It's all in the, in the rear view mirror. Now you get, like, a lot of people have that week off. A lot of people have a couple days off in that situation, in that uh, span. I like that there's another holiday immediately after Christmas, like New Year's, and um, another thing that, that we can look forward to. So that's my fifth. I, I doubt you had that on your list. It's kind of a no. specific one. Um, I'm not a big fan of New Year's Eve. I'm really not. I just... I've never really been into it. I mean, I mean, I don't dislike it, and you know, I don't judge people that enjoy it. But I just, I've never been a big New Year's Eve guy. Um, number four on my list is could be number one in all honesty, but I number four is decorating the Christmas tree. Um, if it were me, the my Christmas tree would be up year round. It's just how much I love Christmas and how much I love uh, Christmas trees. That is psychotic. That I, is absolutely psychotic. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, when Thanksgiving was over, I wanted to put it up pretty much immediately. Um, got vetoed by uh, by the missus. Um, luckily, I was able to throw it up the first couple of days of December. But um, decorating the Christmas tree, it, it brings me a lot of joy. Um, I, it's just something we did as kids. It wasn't like a huge deal, but like, you know, we, we all did it. And we enjoy doing it. It's just something that I've done myself now that I got my own place. Um, do have a fake tree, you know, in, in the future. Um, hope to get a real tree. We just need the space for it. Don't have it now. But decorating the Christmas tree brings me a ton of fucking joy. Number four on my list. Can be higher, most definitely. Yeah, it's actually on my list and it is higher. I have it at number two. I, I don't um, disagree. I'm not going to debate that. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, it's really, really 
just you, you kind of switch into a different mode when you get the Christmas tree up. It's kind of a fun, exciting thing to do every year. Um, if you had it year round, I just I don't think it would be as special. You're right. I don't know, You're we right. can get into that debate later, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just another thing that really, really brings out the Christmas spirit. Um, you know, anytime you see a tree in the background, and you just immediately just floods memories of, of your childhood and um, generally happy things and and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that's my number two. So right up there with you. Uh, number four for me is um, another kind of unique one. It's it's Christmas Eve. Um, I love Christmas Eve. I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy that that kind of that like healthy like good anxiety you get the yeah. night before where you're kind of just like jittery. Um, you know, obviously more as a kid than now, but like you even still get that now. It kind of brings you back. To that that time as a kid where you kind of have that feeling um you know i always think about memories i've had on christmas eve I, i'd always go over to my grandparents we'd have family over there obviously bringing family together is another great thing about christmas uh, you know we'd watch uh, a christmas story every year and then uh usually i think like the hawaiian bowl or whatever on and we'd throw that on it, it was kind of just tradition it's a good time we're, we're just making jokes we're playing um you know, different games with, with the family. So it brings back a lot of good memories. And a lot of times I, I, I would say that I actually like the Christmas Eve holiday more than Christmas. Um, so that is my number four on the list, Christmas Eve, and kind of tied in with spending time with family. Yeah. Um, Christmas Eve, I guess, is kind of half of one of my, half of one of my, uh, whatever you call it, it's half of number two on my list, and I'll elaborate when we get to it. But um, number three on my list is waking up to snow on Christmas morning. There's not many things I can think of as a kid growing up that brought me more joy than waking up, not only knowing that you know you got presents and you're gonna have this fun day, but getting up, you know, kneeling on the bed, looking out the window, and just seeing a fresh layer of snow was fucking awesome now in cincinnati it didn't always happen i mean this year it's gonna be fucking probably 60 degrees and sunny and there's been there's been years where it's rained on christmas but um waking up and having fresh snow on christmas morning is is something that i love yeah yeah i 100 agree it just doesn't happen as often anymore maybe like pre uh warming we'd have a better success rate <laughs> that um i feel like the seasons are like pushed back every single year and like we don't get like consistent snow until like mid-january now oh yeah um which is really really odd i feel like when i was younger you know it'd be snowing at like thanksgiving time it's like almost it's like um yeah it's really odd but that would that would be up there for me i don't have it on my list but um yeah, there's nothing better than like a, a nice little sheet of, of, of snow Christmas morning um, in a, an ideal world, right? Uh, yeah, I already said my number three, it's Christmas lights, so you can go ahead and do your number two. Yeah, my number two is kind of tied into what you talked about with Christmas Eve. Um, I have watching movies, watching Christmas movies, especially on Christmas Eve. Um, I love Christmas. I love movies in general. Big movie buff. Um, love Christmas movies. Um we save, or I save the Grinch, the original Grinch with Jim Carrey, until Christmas Eve. 
Um, growing up as a kid, all four of all four of us, um, our siblings, my parents would watch The Grinch together um, right before we went to bed. Um, my fiance and I have spent a few Christmases together. Last year we were apart, but we did it the first year. We uh, we watched it together, and we'll do it again this year. But um, Christmas movies, but specifically Christmas movies on Christmas Eve, just hit different. Yeah, so this is funny. I, I, you know, and I'm gonna get shit for this, um, probably from you. But uh, I actually made a, a quick little two uh, two part list about my least favorite Christmas things. That's a sh- uh, fucking shame. And uh, my number two on that list, the two is uh, most of the Christmas movies. I think they're really overrated. That's crazy. I think, you know, I think a Christmas story is good. Uh, Christmas Vacation, uh, that's that's a classic. Uh, it's a really funny movie as well. Um, you know, Elf is all right. You know, Will Ferrell never really did it for me. Alone, whatever. Bro, doesn't really. Move. Home Alone is doesn't like really Home Alone is in my top five movies, like in general of all time, and it's it, um, it's by far my favorite Christmas movie. Home Alone is elite. Yeah, the original, the the first one. Yeah, it's one of the movies that that should have yeah. stayed with should have stayed with one, but it's an elite movie. It's all right. It's a, it's a little overrated, and it's also like tainted the way. Uh, maybe just for me, like Macaulay Culkin's rear arc is kind of like. <laughs> it's like that's a, a somber. That's such an it. unfair debate. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just, I'm just telling you how I feel. Okay. Um, okay. I saw Die Hard for the first time the other day. No shit, really? Yeah, I saw it in theaters um, last week. That movie's yeah. elite, too. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Um, I know there's like a debate about it being a Christmas movie or whatever, but um, it was all right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't, I think there's a lot of movies that are kind of like dumb and. Yeah, that, that's one of my takes. So uh, I have one more uh, of my least favorite things about Christmas, uh, by the way, which you're also going to hate. But uh, yeah, number two, I had Christmas tree for favorite things. Already went over it. So go ahead and give, give me your number one. My favorite thing about Christmas, and it's going to sound corny, but it's the truth. It's giving gifts. Um, I've been a huge, and I mean huge, um, gift giver. Um, I, I, I would rather give a gift than receive one. I mean, it, Christmas, birthday, whatever it is, but especially during Christmas. Um, I had to take a little bit of a backseat this year in terms of, you know, volume. I'm usually a big, like, if I buy you two and this person one, I usually end up getting a second one for that person. That's just just how I've been um, in my, my brief adult life so far. But I love giving gifts. It, it's one. It's my favorite thing on christmas um just the joy because i buy shit that like i know people they're like that i would like so like giving it to someone and knowing like okay that person's gonna like this gift is is a feeling that it's, it's hard to describe but um big giving christmas or big giving christmas gift guy i i i would much rather give a gift than receive a gift if you can see our christmas tree right now we have an enormous amount of gifts underneath it and maybe like two or three or four my fiance and i <laughs> so love giving gifts favorite part about christmas 
Yeah, my, my number one is is uh, that as well. It's it's giving and receiving gifts. So I, I, I love to give gifts. I also like to get gifts. Um, oh, yeah. Don't you know, get me wrong. Opening a present is, is, is elite. Yes. Yeah, I just said I just said presents in general. I sure. Mean, it's kind of – I feel like it would be everyone's number one. Just it's a staple of Christmas and um, – Favorite gift? Obviously, more so as I was gonna say, more so as a as a kid. Yeah, you know, I've been seeing gifts under the Christmas tree is just um, about as euphoric as as a feeling you're gonna have. So, favorite gift yeah, you've I, ever I opened? Favorite gift I've ever opened? Oh, that is a tough one, man. See, it's easy for me because. I'm a big, uh, big dinosaur guy, and growing up as a kid, we I got this, um, like this castle, like dinosaur castle hybrid kind of thing. It was like medieval, but with dinosaurs, and it's something I played with every day. And I pretty much held on to it up until I like went to college and kind of like cleaned out my room. And my my mom was like, "Yeah, like we're either throwing that out or we're gonna go fucking give it away to somebody because it, it, it's." It's about time, but yeah, that one specifically, but anything dinosaur growing up was, was elite. I'd have to think about that and get back to you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Christmas, man. I fucking love Christmas. Go ahead and give us our, your least favorite thing. Just put a Debbie downer and damper on this entire discussion we just had. (laughs) Yeah. So my least favorite thing about Christmas is music i'm sorry oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean i mean save oh, for a Mariah carey song here and there and, and, and you know an ariana grande song most of it is just drives me nuts come um, on man does that make me a bad person like it doesn't make you maybe? a bad person it just makes you an insane person that might be the worst take you've ever given on this fucking show we should we should put a poll up on twitter and say like what's a worst take Christmas music is bad, or Christmas trees should be up year round. <laughs> I think that's a really healthy debate to see, like who has a crazier take. That's, um, that's insane, dude. But it just it, it gets in, you know, like it, it's just it's obviously it's very repetitive this time of year, and like every time you're at a public place, uh, it's blasting Christmas music, and it just. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm a, I'm that way with anything. Like, if you, if you give if you stimulate me, if you give me overload of, of anything, I'm just gonna resent it. So it might just be the frequency of of how how much I hear it um, that plays a factor into it. But that's wild, man. Yeah, that, I, that's my Debbie Downer, you know, <laughs> Grinch take. So I'm sorry to everybody out there. I love and, Christmas uh, music, man. I, I but it, we'll, we'll put that poll out there and, and see what people think. We will. We will. Christmas, man. Christmas is almost here. Hopefully, we talk to you guys before uh, before Christmas Day. But uh, if we don't, follow us on Twitter. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, let us know not only who the most overrated, most underrated quarterback in the league is, but also the most overrated and underrated takes on Christmas. Not only what we just discussed, but just in general. You know, give us your thoughts, concerns, comments about the holiday, holiday season, uh, favorite gift you guys got growing up, and favorite gift now. Honestly, it could be fun to talk about. Follow us on X. Follow us on Spotify. All the episodes are there. Episode 50 coming next. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Got to
got some got some ideas that we got to discuss, but uh, it's going to be a good one. So appreciate you guys. If we don't talk to you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We'll catch you on the next one.